Welcome to Books and Bourbon, where I, Katie, your host, bring you my love of books and bourbon with monthly takes on what to read and why bourbon is more than a great liquor. Alrighty. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today for uh, the next episode of Books and Bourbon. I have the absolute pleasure to bring in the wonderful Miss Nikki um, with us, most known as Auntie Nikki on Twitter. <laughs> She's ever fabulous. So, excuse me. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Nikki is in the process of starting a bookstore. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that and what motivated you to start it and what you're hoping to build from it. Um, yeah, thanks uh, for the question. I, um, I was an early reader mm-hmm. and I read everything I can get my hands on. I love that. Um, <laughs> and you know, the seventies and eighties were tough time for us Gen Xers and, um, books just allowed me to not only escape, but to dream and, Mm. um, you know, to imagine things being different. Um, I didn't have a ton of access to age appropriate books. And so (laughs) I would like still my grandmother's uh, Joan Collins. Oh, yes. (laughs) And um, yeah, when I got to high school, I, you know, just started to learn more. And then eventually into college, um, I started reading books by people who looked like me. Um, and I've always just, you know, loved being in bookstores and in libraries and book clubs and just being surrounded by books. And so I think for the last 10 years, I've, I've been dreaming about opening a bookstore Yeah. and, um, uh, over the last few years, I had been talking about it openly with friends and family, like, you know, what would this look like? And of course, you know, talking to my husband about it, who has been tremendously supportive. Um, And then my grandmother unexpectedly passed away in May. And uh, I just thought that the time is now. And um, I know she would be super proud of me. Um, we love to discuss books and politics. And so anyway, what I'm hoping to do is open a bookstore, not hoping to do what I am doing is opening a bookstore. (laughs) And I want it to be a place where people can browse and lounge and learn and talk and buy books and come together in community. Um, You know, a safe space for marginalized communities to come in. And um, yeah, so it's going to be amazing. I love that. And again, sorry for your loss. I know you how close you were to grandma now. So processing that, that's hard. And mm-hmm. so we send your love for that one. Um, 
That's wonderful. I love that type is like people always saying well bookstores aren't really a thing anymore and I was like mm, they are actually like they are yeah the smaller ones are very much becoming more <laughs> popular and you know even with the pandemic it's like needing a space to just go and be like I was I've always been a book nerd myself and I like yeah. going into the small ones even the big ones that like Portland where I grew up like had Powell's bookstores mm-hmm. which is a huge city block of a bookstore yeah, but it had so many different spaces where you could just lounge and just read the books that they had there, and like you never felt obligated to buy anything. You could just right. Enjoy the environment and talk to other people and other nerds and stuff like that. So, I love and then that. you get book recommendations from people, and I love seeing exactly. how excited they get. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm definitely a book nerd myself, and I love that type of environment. And there is one here in Lexington that is sadly they didn't make it through the pandemic, but it was a very similar style to what you were wanting to open. And so I know they hopefully open again, um, are trying to with some other people, but that's a good environment to have. Um, Are there any authors or writers that have motivated or influenced you over the years that you just absolutely love? Yeah. Um, Yes. I (laughs) love everything Octavia Butler. Yes wrote um she is pretty prophetic (laughs) like in some of her books it's uh eerily similar to some of you know the environment right now um I also love Zora Neale Hurston um Toni Morrison um you know just sort of the greats in black women writing sort of like my canon, um, Maya Angelou. I, I remember reading one of her books uh, in my early 20s and this specific line, she was talking about being really upset and sad about something. And she said, my tears made the highway waver and they were salty on my tongue. And I just like, Uh, (laughs) um so yeah I I I um but I'll pretty much read anything if it grabs me yeah with your bookstore you you I know you said you were wanting to have like a marginalized focus on it so Mm -hmm. but you know you're not looking for one particular genre you were hoping to have something for a little bit of thing for everybody in it right Yeah. yeah yeah so you know pretty standard categories but um I want to represent the voices of BIPOC people as well as the LGBTQ community. Um, And there's so many books, right? Like when I've been going through this giant database and adding filters of, you know, um, the authors that I wanna look into more closely. And at first, I was thinking I wouldn't have enough. And now I'm like, oh, I, ha- I don't have enough space. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> like, where our voices are here, they're they just are. not um, easy to find sometimes. So yeah. this, my bookstore will make it super easy for that to happen. Good, good. I, hope, appreciate, I appreciate that because it's like one of the things that with this podcast is I've been wanting to highlight smaller voices and more of the marginalized and 
you, know, you just put in a search and realize there's a lot more out there. You just don't yeah. hear about it. Right. And finding that space, that's an important to have, especially you know, if you're looking for specific authors that are just, you know, a lot of like I was just now looking at because October is National Book Month. And I looked at the list of people that like great American authors, all they listed five, all were five men. And of course, <laughs> they were all white. And I was like, yeah. Um, that's not a very good thing to be promoting for National Book Month there. It's like, come on now. (laughs) So yeah, definitely still an important sentence. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, What's the first book you remember reading? Mm. (laughs) Um, Gosh, I, I, don't remember I mean in in grade school I would read whatever the yeah we got in our assignments like you know see Jane run or whatever (laughs) but um or one that stuck out to you that you yeah actually I remember you know I used to go through a bunch of books but I I would sort of like steal books from people's homes, like when my mom would take me to their, her, you know, her friend's house. And, um, (laughs) so I would find their books, which again, were extraordinarily age inappropriate. (laughs) So I remember reading just like a lot of like erotica (laughs) (laughs) and, um, thinking that, you know, like, Oh, I like books. Yeah. One of my uh, favorite books is by Wally Lamb, though. He, he, it's called, uh, um, they just did a series of it. It's about um, two twin brothers, one that has uh, schizophrenia and he, oh, I know this much is true. And so he, his, this guy's identical twin brother uh, was in the library having, you know, some sort of uh, mental health crisis and he chopped off his hand in the library. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, this guy has sort of been tasked with like, raising and and looking out and and protecting his brother all Mm. his life and he was talking about how difficult it was being in the city that they grew grew up in because everybody would see him but immediately think about his brother and um I just remember the book being like a little less little short shorter than a thousand pages and I picked it up and I was like I'm gonna read this all summer and I was done in three days (laughs) (laughs) you sound like me (laughs) I would say I remember going to my granny's and picking up her books which she had a great collection but it was always the Daniel Steele's things yeah all the stuff I shouldn't be reading and I was like no my mom ever knew that I was reading those books (laughs) yeah but it, and I think I remember picking up, I was like 10 and started trying to read Anne Rice. So my mom's like, no, no, <laughs> right. I'm going to hold that right off now. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal with the nightmares for that one. <laughs> Do you have a uh, to be read pile? And if so, what is in it right now? <laughs> Um, I do. I have a book that I picked up in Swaziland last year and it's called Indaba, My Children. Mm-hmm. 
And it is a collection of legends and customs of uh, folks on the continent of Africa. Wonderful. And um, I also, I was gifted a book by one of our uh twitter mutuals she goes by pammy um she sent me it's about damn time by arlen hamilton that's on my to be read and then zora neil hurston has a collection of essays called you don't know us negroes and um that one is kind of at the top of my pile because so she, Zora Neale Hurston, she interviewed one of the last living enslaved people in America. Wow. And it's, it's very timely because with the release of the movie, The Woman King, okay, yeah. so those women actually captured uh, his village. And so I know there's a lot of controversy about the movie. I think it's very nuanced and, uh, you know, probably a different conversation for a different time. <laughs> but um, I was, uh, so that's on the top of my to be yeah. red pile. I want to get through some of those essays, but also get yeah. to know a little bit more about uh, Cujo. Kuj- yeah. I think they call him Kujo. Yeah. Kujo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. I, I, I had that one pop up uh, a couple of times in my search for books to read and I, I have it in my list. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely. We'll chat about it. <laughs> What's on yours? Um, right now there's that one. I have um, trying to think what is picturing my bookcase right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one, what else there is? I'm working my way through um the Armand Gamache, Inspector Gamache series right now by Louise mm-hmm. Penny. Um, mm-hmm. And then her book that she did with Hillary is, once I finish that series, we added, um, and I'm hopefully, we'll have her on this show sometime next spring. Oh, that'll be yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's very receptive. So Louise Penny, I'm excited to talk with her and try not to uh, fangirl over her and Hillary. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask all the questions about her and Hillary together. <laughs> Um, and there's one other one in, oh, Black Cake, I think it mm. is called, that's, um, I'm really looking forward to reading it, and yeah, I've uh, been in contact with her publicist, hopefully, as well, to have her come on in the next couple of months. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's, congratulations. Been, thank you, <laughs> thank you, I'm, I'm excited, that's, you know, one of the ways, just get smaller, smaller artists, smaller voices, you know, out there more often. Um, I did the one I read for this month, uh, The Girl with the Louding Voice, which I just finished last night and still trying to process that one. That one was, okay. uh, it was beautiful, beautiful book yeah. um, about this girl in Nigeria that wanted to become a teacher. And that was her dream and life circumstances just mm-hmm. kept getting in the way. But she, mm-hmm. the determination that this woman had through everything that she has faced, yeah. it was just like, it's, brought tears my I was reading it from several times but it's a beautiful well-written book and it's done so well that it's done in, from the Nigerian voice of translated into English so it's mm-hmm. you know it's choppy in the sense but you can easily understand it but I love that she kept it yeah style of voice yeah. how yeah. it's translated so not having to make it easier to read I was like I, I appreciated the author's perspective on that one um 
Do you have a book that you have that will, if you need to reread something or want to read something that you've already read, that's your, your go-to reread? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's it's a, a book. Actually, it's from a Nigerian author. It's called My Sister, the Serial Killer. And it is like cozy murder, which oh, yes. I've been into <laughs> a lot. And it is so funny. And I just, I don't know. I love it whenever I need like a really good laugh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I do that with the but, Janet Ivanovich books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I also find myself going back to, well, a lot of Octavia Butler. Like, I love her parable trilogy. Yeah. Um, and I love Jessamine Ward. She's pretty... Um, I have to be in the right space for it. She's mm-hmm. a beautiful writer who writes beautifully, but her words are really hard hitting and they just sort of like sit on you for a while. Yeah. Um, I also love uh, Homegoing by Ya Gyasi. It is one of the most beautifully written books I've ever read in my life. Um, and I've but, read it three times and yeah. I sob hysterically at the end each time. <laughs> but I'm reading for January for oh, the show. I'm so yeah. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have everybody I've talked to about it said it's just absolutely a phenomenal book. And yeah. Like, and she's young. She's yeah. very young. So yeah. it's really um, interesting. Just, uh, you know, I don't know what her process is for writing, but thinking or words coming out of someone so young I mean you, it, you know we all have varied life experiences but I'm just like what sort of like old wise person is inside of your brain yes. your heart to, for you to be able to do that it's incredible yeah so you want to ask have you been here before yeah some people you just feel like yep. you've been here before they know what's up yeah um is there any upcoming book releases that you're looking forward to that's you've seen coming up or I'm looking forward to a bookstore release yes Um, (laughs) today I am um done working my job well congratulations thank you so much (laughs) I'm really excited I I uh, am uh looking at two spaces this week um and hope to be in least negotiation soon um and so it's really sort of all consuming like yeah I've been putting working on a lot of things like branding and logos and you know website and all that stuff but now that I'm done working and ready to start this phase I just I can't think of anything else because I'm just so excited so I bet you I'm so excited for you I can't wait (laughs) to come visit and check it out I (laughs) I love it (laughs) um some fun questions here if you could live in any book timeline which would you choose Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a good one I, it's so hard because, you know, there, I don't think there's been a point in time that has been like super great for us. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) 
in that sense, I like I don't really know, but I do love um I do love Wild Seed uh by Octavia Butler and um it's sort of in the projected future and it yeah. would be really interesting to to live in that timeline. That would be, yeah, I could see that. So, um, obviously, probably not at the moment, but as you get ready to open a book, so have you ever thought about writing a book yourself? And if you had, what would it, what would you write about? <laughs> I thought about it a long time ago. I mean, like decades ago and <laughs> uh, quickly realized that that's just not my thing. <laughs> but um, I would probably write about my family. Um, mm. We are a motley crew. But, <laughs> um, Not a whole bunch of your niece alone, I feel like. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, like there are a lot of really funny characters in my family. Yeah. Um, some who have, you know, passed away already and those who are still with us. And like, you know, my friends who sort of follow stories about my family you know, over the course of 30 plus years, they still laugh hysterically. Like, I cannot <laughs> believe this is like, you guys are real people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should hire a ghostwriter. Maybe mine will write it for you. <laughs> the way he writes about his family, he writes well. <laughs> <laughs> but I would think like, no one would even believe this is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some things probably. So you're just like, really? Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so also, I know you said you were a fan of bourbon. Um, do you have a favorite bourbon that you love to partake in or mix with or any types? Or um, I'm just sort of getting into it over the last probably, I don't know, since the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how I got into it. I got it. <laughs> I moved to Kentucky like okay let's learn about bourbon <laughs> yeah but you know ironically um my former employer now as of Friday uh as part of my job I was on the tasting panel for new um liquors and wine and yeah um coming in and so I had just started to 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 learn a little bit more or pay more attention. And then I don't know if you remember, but maybe a couple of years ago, I took a um, bartending class. Yes, I do remember that. Yes. <laughs> and so I had been like sipping on some, but I think the latest one I had was Wellington Creek. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I really like that one right That's now. That's a good one. I'm, yeah. Yeah, it's not a very known one, but it is. We have it in our store. We got to try it a couple months ago. And it's like, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. your favorite? I'm eager to expand um, the list. Right now, Everyday Bourbon is like, <laughs> it cracks people up because it's only a $15 bottle of bourbon. It's called Silas Jones. And it's it's extremely flavorful. It's not a whole lot of layers to flavor, mm -hmm. but it's one that, I can just grab, actually, I keep it in decanter. Um, and a lot of our regulars at the liquor store do too, because they think, because it tastes so good that they don't want to tell people that it's only $15. Yeah. Here, I got fancy <laughs> bourbon for you. I keep it in my decanter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but otherwise, also, Elmer T. Lee is um, 
probably one of my all-time favorites. We actually just got it into the store this week because it only gets released every couple of months, if that. Okay. <laughs> and um, it was featured on, um, I don't know if you ever watched the show Justified, but that's what he would always order. It's a fun mm-hmm. show. Um, okay. And it's, Elmer Teeley was kind of like the founder of bourbon in Kentucky and he had made some amazing bourbon. So this was kind of to honor him. And oh. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's so smooth. Um, and it's only, I mean, it sells for a hundred dollars in our, in the stores. So it's kind of higher price, but it's still not, yeah, for it being as rare as it is, it's still affordable to get in the and stores. And it's really so. popular in Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really popular. Like you can, my friend in Oregon said he's found it a couple times in the store there as well. Um, but yeah, those are my two top and Eagle Rare is another one. Like it's, I, that's something I always have in my collection because it's, it's probably my all time high, little higher end, but still affordable bourbon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so yeah, that's actually what I was sipping on the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to put those on my list. Yes, yes, happy to. <laughs> if you ever need to find some, let me know, and I'll send you some out that way. Okay. <laughs> there's a book I want to send you to. I think you might appreciate. Um, there's a poetry girl. I don't know if you're into poetry, but she writes uh, Crystal Wilkinson. She's actually a Kentucky author here, um, part of the Appalachian writers organization that is started was started out here that kind of focuses on black authors of the Appalachian Mm -hmm. um, area and she writes a lot of about her a lot of them poems are related to her family especially because she you know was very close with her grandparents growing up on a farm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she relates a lot of like food and memories talking about food and so yeah yes it's she's she's beautiful she's she did a talk with us a couple last spring and really did also food and her poetry. And I just sat there fascinated and ended up hungry afterwards. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I would love that. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. I've got a couple of I'll send you one for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, if you could sit down with anyone and have a bourbon with, who would it be? Ooh. Um, I think. I think I'm gonna go with. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> no, my yeah. answer changes quite often, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I um hate to keep not hate, but I keep mm. going back to the same person who's uh, I just love. And that's Octavia Butler. Yeah. I would love to sit I down can. with her. You know, I I read some of her quotes. Well, I read them quite often, but she just sounds like an incredible person. And um, actually, there is a library in Pasadena or San Marino called the Huntington Library. It's a super world famous library, but they have her entire collection of handwritten scripts and what have you, but she just seems amazing. Um, there, and I can't remember the exact quote at this time, but she was being interviewed and her sexuality came up and she was like, I like who I like. Sometimes it's a woman, sometimes it's a man. And like, you know, just leave me yeah, alone <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so I just love like her bluntness um yeah. and I think she would have been an incredible person to sit down and have a bourbon with 
I did too. That's she's on my list before. So I same thought the same thing. I was like, the, her mind just fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the things that she could talk about and the experiences she's gone through would yeah. be very fascinating to just yeah. sit down and chat with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, excellent. So, um, that is end of our questions I have for you. Is there any way that we can help support your bookstore or, you know, you can throw, I know you had a, anything that we can help do to help get it going off the ground? <laughs> uh, well, first I want to thank you again for this opportunity. I think, um, you know, just getting the word out, uh, is important. Um, if you know, y'all can just continue to follow me, I'll be providing more consistent updates on my Twitter account, uh, as we move forward. And, um, I have a GoFundMe that I posted. That's always nice. Um, I am funding this, uh, I'm self-funding this entire thing. Um, so anything to help, uh, offset that cost will just allow me to do even more, but okay. I'm so committed to, um, this, this store that it's like, it's going to happen. Yes. Uh, but yeah, just follow me on Twitter now okay. that I'm not working, uh, for anyone else, but myself uh, <laughs> and Freddie, um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be <laughs> providing more updates. And so I just uh, okay. encourage everybody to keep an eye out. Yeah. Excellent. I'll be sure to share the GoFundMe on the books and bourbon page so we can get that out there. Cause this bookstore needs to happen. And <laughs> happy to get it going. <laughs> Well, thank you again. And if there's anything else, you're welcome anytime to come back and we can chat bourbon and books and get this going for you. <laughs> I love it. I'd love to um, talk to you um, after January when, after you've read uh, Homegoing, I yes. would love to hear yeah. your thoughts on it and talk about it. It's just a, yeah, it's a delicious book. <laughs> yes. I will definitely have you come back on for that one. Cause I, yeah, I would love to talk to somebody else that's read it too. And yeah. Had that chat. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate everything. And uh, I'll see you over on the, the bird. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Welcome back everybody. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Nikki. I just want to thank her again for coming on to the episode and sharing more about her bookstore, which I can't wait for it to open up and go visit it and shop all the amazing books that she's going to have there. Um, so next portion of our show, I want to get into our books and bourbon review that we have for this month. Um, a book I chose, I did a lot of research, wanting to find uh, some new authors out there. One of my favorite things about doing this show is being able to highlight some authors that are not as well known or have just a book out. So um, I went with The Girl with a Louding Voice by uh, Abi Dare. Excuse me, Abi Dare. And this, um, reading some reviews of it, it sounded very intriguing, very different story. And from the very first chapter on it, I was really enthralled with this story. It's... Um, very it's not an easy read I, I will say that up front um in two instances it's a very hard story to read about it's got some tragedy to it there are some trigger stuff that some people might have so pre-warning on that if you do choose to read it but i still will highly recommend it um another part is it is basically told the writing through it is um because it is a girl from nigeria um, it's kind of like it's translated in from Nigeria into English 
in a sense, which was the purpose of the book, how it was written. So you're hearing this from the voice of this Nigerian girl um, of the story. And so it's very, you know, choppy English. So it's, you know, it doesn't, for many Western readers out there um, that might read it, it might, some might find it difficult, but get through it. It Once you get used to it, you know, it takes a couple chapters, but it's totally fine and I loved it. And it actually adds, I think that adds a whole other depth to the story um, of this book. And it's takes place, like I said, in Nigeria in a small village about this 14-year-old girl, Aduni, that is living with her family. Um, her mother has since passed on, but um, her father is fortunately an alcoholic, and she has an older brother and a younger brother that she is basically tasked with taking care of. And she's forced to give up her education because her father can no longer afford it, because her mother was the one that was paying for everything. She comes to find out that they can't afford the rent in their um, small home, in their village. And so her father breaks her mom's dying wish and decides to marry her off to a much older villager who already has two other wives in the hopes that she will bring him a son to birth. So she of course is heartbroken about this because she's always wanted to continue on her education and what she calls finding her louding voice. And that is being able to continue not only her own education, but being able to come back and thrive and educate others, especially the young women in her village and all other villages in Nigeria as well that she wanted to be you know, had that education. It's always been a dream for her. It was a dream of her mother's. Um, she never wanted her, her mother never wanted her to end up like she did in a marriage that was not happy marriage. It was an arranged marriage and she never loved her, uh, fam, you know, her husband, but, she, and she wanted, she wanted better for her own daughter. And that was something that Adani wanted to continue on, um, and so she tried to fight getting married to this villager. Her father, you know, didn't listen to her and she ended up getting married. She does end up befriending um, the second wife in it because they're a little closer in age. And with that assistance, you know, she doesn't want to give up on her dream and uh, being able to have her louding voice. So the story continues following her through this marriage and without too much, you know, her whole process of trying to never give up on her dreams. There's a lot of tragedy that happens along the way for her in her life that, you know, she faces obstacle after obstacle to be able to reach her dreams. And it's 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 just beautifully written. This is Abi Dare's first debut novel, and it's it's phenomenal. Like it. I, I read it within about a week, I would say. Um, and sat, I've sat with it for a few days now, just trying to process it because there's a lot to process in it. There's a lot that happens in it. There's a lot of tragedy. There is heartbreak and there's frustration. Like you just, as somebody from obviously a Western side, being a white woman, that you know, there's that instinct to want to be able to step in and help and like, but what is going on? It's like, how how can we help these women of this 
of these villages and having stories like this out there, I think is definitely something that more people need to read um, to find out in ways that we can help and um, getting these voices out there, these louding voices, you know, these that they call their education and that there, you know, there are women in a, in a kind of, with all this going on around, especially looking at what's going on in our own country of what we're facing as women with so many things that are coming up with the elections and what the other party wants to do to us and the things I've even just read today about Florida. Um, but I digress. I don't, we'll get too much into that. But this this is a book that it's, while it has that tragedy and heartbreak, there's also a lot of triumph and the determination. This is a girl that's despite everything that she goes through and has to deal with, with people just putting her down every step of the way, finding very little support, losing when she does find out she loses it, that support that she has by either death or betrayal or the people that she thought she could count on don't prove that to be something that, that she can have. Um, she never stops giving up. And I think that's a very good reminder that, you know, it's no matter what is going on, you know, you, you got to keep fighting. And there was a quote in the book that I absolutely loved um, that was told to her that, Adani, you must do good for other people even if you are not well, even if the whole world around you is not well. And that really has really resonated with me a lot. Um, like I said, because of what our world is facing right now, I look at the Iranian women right now who are fighting back against a horrible regime. And, you know, we as women in our own nation are facing that, that's, we have to keep fighting. We have to keep doing good for ourselves, for our neighbors, for our loved ones, and you know, never give up on that, no matter what is going on. You know, and I know it's hard it's, at times, um, but it's this book. It's it's beautiful. It's like I said, it's written from the pro style of a Nigerian woman, translated into English. So, you know. It's a little different flow to it, a little different cadence, but it's 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 a beautiful book, and I I highly recommend it. Um, this is one that I definitely I could definitely see myself rereading again because there's there's a lot that really truly happens in this book that I think a lot of people can relate to and that it's, I don't know, I, I think just need to read it. It's, it's hard to explain without giving too much away because I don't want to get the whole story away and what happens to Dunny. But, um, you know, she, she finds she finds joy and hope in very difficult circumstances. And it's, it's a good reminder um, to have that, to keep fighting and, you know, it's it's a beautiful story, and I highly recommend it. Like I said, again, it's The Girl with a Louding Voice by Abi Daray. I haven't had a chance to look up to see what else she has coming up, and I hopefully she has more because her writing is beautiful. It's poignant, and it's 
and I look forward to hopefully having some more um, books come from her. And yeah, so that is the review for this month, um, The Girl with a Louding Voice by B.J. Eric. And highly recommend it. Again, go check it out. Um, order it from your local library or local bookstore. Um, Nikki's, when it opens up, go get it for you. Hopefully this will be a book that she will have in her collection. Free to go support that bookstore um, and grab some bourbon if you're a bourbon drinker and enjoy it because it'll be a good It'll be a very good read. Bring some tissues too, because you'll need those. There's there's sometimes I definitely found myself crying. Uh, both with happy tears and frustration. And it's just like you wanted to strangle the people around her a few times. Like, just support this girl. She needs our help. Um, but yeah. So um that is the book for this month. And now moving into bourbon that I have um actually had the distinct pleasure of going to where I got this bourbon from the distillery couple about two months ago. And it is amazingly gorgeous distillery. Uh, it's Castle and Key. And this is a very unique uh, distillery in itself that it was actually originally built in 1887 by uh, Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor, who, if you are familiar with Buffalo Trace's bourbons, E.H. Uh, e. Taylor, that's where it comes from. Colonel E.H. Taylor, great bourbon. You'll find it. Highly recommend that one. Um, I'll feature that one in a couple months if I ever get my hands on a bottle of it. It's a hard, it's a hard find itself. Um, like I said, this one was the original buildings and everything were built in 1887. Um, he was inspired by uh, European architecture and he wanted to build a destination distillery for people to come enjoy. Uh, apparently the man was ahead of his times, <laughs> but it has a castle, a classical spring house and an underground sunken garden and which where apparently now you can do yoga at. Yeah, they have yoga classes there, which I kind of crack up. Um, and it's actually considered the birthplace of bourbon tourism and how, you know, the bourbon trail really got started with this style of, distillery that people could come visit. Um, fortunately, you know, done prohibition that started in 1920 that he, they had to shut it down. And over the years, the property got sold multiple times and just fell into disarray. Um, but in about 2012, 2000, between 2012 and 2014, um, the now owners of it came across pictures of it and discovered, wow, this would be a really cool place. And they wanted to rehabilitate it. Um, more actually actually restore it not re rehabilitate they wanted to restore it to what it originally was and they wanted to create colonel taylor's original vision and bring that back to life um they source all local ingredients for all of their uh spirits they have a gin i don't drink gin very often if ever but i've had a few samples of their gin it's very good their vodka is one of my favorites. Um, they have a rye whiskey that is highly recommended. And just this year, they came out with their first uh, small batch bourbon that was released. And it, I had got the honor of having a sample of their very first batch uh, bottle of it. And wow, it, it's very good. Um, this one is actually batch four 
which when doing some research on it, discovered they're all a little bit different um, batches for it. Um, so they all have a little bit taste differences to it, a little bit of a mash changes to it. I find it interesting because they, you know, they wanted to find some different techniques so that not everything was all the same about it. Um, this particular one is batch four. It's a small batch bourbon. Um, it's only made with 60 barrels were blended in this batch. It's been aged for a little over four years. Um, has a mash bill of 73% white corn, 10% rye, and 17% malted barley. So it is a bourbon because it has that over 51% of corn mixture there um, and it's at about 48.5% so it's not a super high heat content to it and it's on, it's a little on the sweeter side which I thought the first one was on the sweet side too I think some people were a big fan of that I, I like the sweetness every once in a while um, this one has very beautiful smells of you can smell toasted pecans and it's uh, oranges cherries and a little bit of allspice too as well um and in the taste as well you get you get the molasses at the beginning you can taste a little bit of the lemon peel and all spices and it has a very nice finish you can taste some brown sugar towards the end and toasted oak and it leaves kind of a like i said it's sweetness at the beginning and leaves a nice heat fire on the tongue as it goes down so a nice slow heat burn to it um i really i really enjoy this bourbon um our store sells it a little high but it, it ranges around a hundred dollars in most places um it's a really cool bottle one of the things i've loved about castle and Coos, their labels their bottles there's there's a lot of design that goes into it um, like I said they also are very focused on locally sourced ingredients all the corn is local and barley and everything that they use is all from Kentucky in it which is great and all the other spirits are all local grains that they use which is a phenomenal a great way to support local businesses around uh, the state but I definitely recommend this for what I would I go out and always have a glass of it everyone you know it's a good it's a good fall one actually i would say because it has some sweetness to it wouldn't mix it with anything i don't think you could probably add an ice cube maybe a small splash of ginger ale to it i don't think it needs much to it else um you know it had like i said it has that sweetness at the beginning with a little heat so it's a good um a good bourbon if you're not a high heat content fan of that because it doesn't actually have a lot like I said it's a 10% rye so it doesn't have so it adds a little bit more um, heat to heat to the bourbon as well and this one you know it's a lower percentage of it and higher corn on it um, so it's and it's only like I said it's only at 48% alcohol so it has a very nice you know a nice smoothness to it as well it's not like all-time favorite probably not but i would you know it's definitely a nice one to have in the collection good variety good good to have a tasting in the fall sit and watch a football game or something with it and um just just kind of chill out and relax um so yeah that's is this month's bourbon as well hope you have a chance to find it if you do um i, I definitely recommend getting a glass or a pour of it somewhere yeah come visit and i'll take you to it 
definitely recommend going to the uh, distillery. Like I said, it's one of the prettiest distilleries that I've had the chance to visit. Um, the gardens are gorgeous and it's um, hopefully I get to take my parents there in Christmas time. So we'll see how it's decorated at Christmas and be sure to take some pictures and post that for you. So I'll post some pictures of uh, the tour that I took on my Facebook or not Facebook, but Instagram and Twitter page. So if you follow me there, go check those out at uh, the books and bourbon. Um, those are my handles for both of those. Um, so yeah, thank you again for joining me this for this month's episode of Books and Bourbon. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, thank you to Nikki. Um, I will be posting her information about her bookstore. So be sure to follow um, follow pages for that so you have an idea of what, what's happening there. You have a chance to support an awesome woman and an awesome business that she has opening up. Also, as a reminder, this is National Book Month. Um, I'm going to be doing some fun celebrations throughout this month, so be sure to tune in for that, including some fun giveaways from our up-and-coming store that we have opening um, with our production company as well. So tune into that. Again, follow me at Twitter at The Books and Bourbon, Muscle on TikTok, and Instagram as well. Um, go have a chance. Go review my uh, leave a five-star review for the show and tell your friends about it. And I look forward to seeing what's all out there in the next books and bourbon episode that we'll have. If you have any suggestions, please let me know and I'll be happy to listen to them. Thank you.